Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is your host, Robert Manny. We're broadcasting from the Guys Guys Radio studios live in Harlem, USA. Uh, It's Wednesday, April 8th, 2015. I hope everybody's off to a great start in spring. Here we are in New York City. It's still cold out. We have a great show tonight, though. Our special guest is uh, J.M. DeBoard, dream expert, and he is the rad owl on reddit.com. And uh, he's going to come on in a minute or two, and we're going to talk about dreams, uh, something that we all have, and most people don't know, you know, how really to make the most out of your dreams. And uh, so it's going to be exciting. Uh, Just a little bit of background of what's going on. As I mentioned, uh, here we are in New York. It's still cold out. I was out today, and it was like 40 degrees and overcast and a little drizzle here and there and kind of raw. So it's like the weather this year has been... January was like January, and then February was like January, and then March was like February, and April has been like March. So we're we're about a month behind here in the in the Northeast. But uh, I know JM's calling in from uh, the, the Southwest, so we'll uh, see how the weather is there. But anyhow, uh, everybody's got to hold on tight. It was like we had one nice day over the weekend, and people went crazy. Everybody was running around with no shirts on, skateboarding, playing ball, and just they were putting the tables outside at the cafes, and I think New York City is ready to explode with springtime. But right now, it's still gray, and it's drab, and it's cold. Uh, it's rainy. So uh, hopefully, that's going to change real soon. Uh, guys, Guys Radio, what are we all about? Well, the whole Guys, Guys movement started with my novel, A Guys, Guys, Guide to Love. It's available on Amazon and any of the e-tailers. You can get it in some bookstores. It's uh, probably your best deal, though, is to purchase it online. You can get the physical book or the e-book and uh, it's really a story of uh it's about love it's kind of a male sex in the city two men in advertising competing for love sex power and money in the city where they and uh it's really about the relationships uh and the misunderstandings between men and women and from there we started a blog on my website robertmanny.com we've had over 240 posts now the blog is syndicated i just made a deal with uh the folks at your tango so i'm going to be blasting out to I think like 14 million uh, people who who read uh, your tango. And uh, so the brand should keep growing. On the radio podcast, we've had everybody from dating experts, relationship experts, metaphysical authors, entertainers, sports people, and the list keeps growing and growing. And we're booked now into July. So it's really uh, taken off. And I'm so pleased that uh, JM's back with us today because he's a great guest and uh I really find it a fascinating subject, as I'm sure most of you do also. You can also catch up with me uh, at my website, robertmanny.com, Facebook, Robert Manny Author. You can hit me up if you want to friend me just at Robert Manny. Uh, Twitter, at Robert Manny. And YouTube, guess what? Robert Manny Author. And every episode of Guys Guys uh, Radio is uh, housed on both Block Talk Radio and also iTunes. Uh, for tonight's show, if you want to call in, 
live and uh, ask JM for interpretation of your dream. The number is 347-945-5834. 347-945-5834. So, uh, you know, the other things that's going on is uh, just thinking about time. You know, as you get older, it's like, wow, it's already April 2015. It seemed like uh, it was just uh, January 1st the other day. But I guess that's how it goes. And, uh, and the time just keeps marching on. I notice I have a I have a young son. He's 23 months tomorrow. And I see the subtle changes in him. You know, every week there's a little bit of a change. And uh, it's such a learning experience. He's he's taught me patience. He's taught me to pay attention. He's taught me love, and uh, and he gives it all back uh, in in heavy doses and deep, delicious helpings. And it's a it's a great learning experience for me uh, and for I think any parent. And uh, I, I'm a little bit of an older dad, but I got to tell you, if you've never had a kid, uh, it's it's worth the it's worth the journey. It's really uh, it's really interesting and um, it's very fulfilling because uh, you know the kids. Uh, as crazy as they are, they all have their own little personalities, and they're all full of love. And it's uh, and you have a chance to really, uh, as best you can, kind of shape them so they have a good moral compass. And then, you know, at a certain point, they're going to have to take it from there. But uh, it's part of life, and I'm glad I did it. And uh, there's no looking back now. And it just seems like, wow, I'm going to someday think about these days now where he's just a sweet little kid, not when he's, you know, taking my car keys out or whatever, getting in some type of dust up, it's going to be, I'll always see him as this little guy, uh, you know, who's uh, whistling along as he walks down the street and just so full of uh, wonderment and discovery and, and, and love uh, and excitement about life. It's really great to see that pure joy. So highly recommend it. And uh, that's just my little experience with it because we deal with so much uh, harsh realities all the time that it's, it's nice to really take a step back sometimes and think about, you know, what are the different blessings that we have? Let's talk about dreams a little bit. Um, you know, about 10 years ago, actually even further back, about 15 years ago, I decided that I was going to try to keep track of things and learn about myself. So I started writing down everything I consumed during the day. The first year I wrote down what the weather was, where I was, what I ate, what I drank for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. In the second year, I just kept up with the food. In the third year, I did it one more time uh, with uh, with food. And uh, I really figured out, like, hey, I really like peanut butter. But it was, it was a great experience because it disciplined me. And as part of that, I started uh, keeping a dream log. And I kept a notebook by my bed. And I would wake up when I had a dream, and I'd write it down in the middle of the night, the whole thing. And I'd wake up the next day, and I'd see, like, there'd be two pages, three pages sometimes of a dreamscape uh, that occurred and I really wasn't sure what to do with it. So I studied them and I tried to like figure them out and then uh, kind of forgot about it, but I still had the discipline. So knowing that JM was going to be on the show uh, last night, I actually woke up this morning and I had a dream and I stayed in my position and I wrote it down and I sent it off to him. So we're going to go through my dream. We have some other dreams that have been sent in and we hopefully that you'll call up. So uh, without further ado, um, let's talk a little bit about JM and bring him out here. Uh, he's just a fascinating guy. If you follow him on Facebook, he really he's a righteous dude. He posts a lot of great stuff on there. And also the book uh, is Dreams, One, Two, Three, Remember, Interpret, and Live Your Dreams. Um, he's worked in publishing for 25 years, author of The Third King, a New Age thriller, which is a novel about the second coming of a completely unexpected messiah. 
He maintains a blog about dreams at uh, dreams123.net and a collection of other writing at uh, http dot, dot slash slash forward slash slash groovywriter.com. And he's got a website devoted to this book and teachings, dreams1-2-3.com. You can find him, as I said, on facebook.com forward slash interpret dreams and on Reddit's dream forum at uh, reddit.com forward slash r forward slash dreams, where he's a moderator. He lives in Tucson, Arizona, and he's a fascinating guy, and I'm so glad he's back on the show, so I'm going to patch him in right now. JM, are you there? Yeah, I think I am, Robert. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great, and I'm so so thrilled that you're back on the show. It's such a fascinating subject, and you do such great work, and you've got such an amazing follow following on Reddit. It's a really great, uh, huge sprawling community out there. So uh, welcome back. Um, I think to get started, uh, let me mention one more time that the number to call in is 347-945-5834. But, you know, your book really dreams one, two, three. It teaches uh, people how to, uh, how to really get the most out of their dreaming, the wisdom of dreams, the process, uh, the benefits, and the precognition of dreams. So maybe uh, give a little bit of an overview as to uh, why it's important uh, to, that we work with our dreams. Yeah, I would love to. Well, dreams can give you a lot of insight about yourself and your life. It's just that they speak in a language that is foreign to most people. It's a language of symbolism, of comparison, of analogy, metaphor, word plays and puns. Once you learn the language, it's really not that hard to understand. But to somebody who is uninitiated, then it can seem very daunting. So I wanted to start at the, remembering what it was like for me 20-some years ago when I first started journaling my dreams and interpreting them, trying to figure out what they meant and how to apply the messages and information to my life. So I start with step one, remember your dream. Step two, take that, what you remember, and interpret them. And then step three, do something with the information. Live your dreams. You ask, you're, you ask me to say why it's important. What can be gained from it? Well, you know, you hear these marketing phrases all the time. You know, hey, live your dreams. Retire with a big nest egg. Or, you know, you have your uh, yacht sailing down in the Caribbean and nothing to do all day except for enjoy the sunshine and sip a mimosa. That's what most people associate with the idea of make your dreams come true or live your dreams. But I think that there's a deeper wisdom to those sayings, that it's really telling you to make your dreams part of your daily life. Listen to what your dreams have to say. Take the advice. They can help you in so many ways. At a very basic level, they provide emotional relief. You don't necessarily have to know how to interpret your dreams to get that benefit from them. They can also, if you've had a question on your mind, they can provide answers. If you've had a subject that you've been learning, they help to compile the information and make those lessons stick with you. They also go deeper, though. It's like having a life coach that has been with you from the day that you were born and knows everything about you, knows how to tailor the answers that you get to you, that is specifically for you, rather than listening to someone else and paying them for it. You have a life coach that is inside your own head. But as I like to joke, the life coach is 
from, you know, Eastern Europe and speaks a language that you've never heard before. So by reading my book and, and remembering your dreams and practicing interpreting them, you gain knowledge of that language. You learn how to decipher it and get to a point where you're fluent with it. And then you can use your dreams as a day-to-day guide. There's no more waking up and going, what do I do with myself today? Well, your, your dreams have provided the answer for you. So I hope that uh, gives a good idea in a nutshell of why it's important to, um, to remember and interpret your dreams. Absolutely. Uh, I think the biggest challenge, I'm going to speak and ask questions on behalf of the listeners, trying to be, you know, as I try to do as guys, guys, kind of be the regular regular person and just say, well, what, what, what would I ask if I was talking to that guest? And that, that's how I try to do it. So I guess the first thing is, for most people, you know, remembering their dreams is really tough. You wake up, you have a lot of dreams during the night and, you know, something flashes by. Unless it's super powerful, a lot of times you wake up and, you know, your, your attention goes someplace else for a moment and then it's gone. And uh, I guess the, the biggest challenge is step one, which is what are some of the steps uh, to remembering your dreams? For me, and it is in your book also, but I kept a notepad and I just started training myself subconsciously like the second I woke up, start writing. And uh, that worked. Now, I haven't done it for years, but I've been able to remember dreams a lot better because of the discipline that I gave myself. But um, let me toss it over to you uh, because you, you have a process for it and uh, I'm sure that's part of it. Sure. Well, the first thing is you do get better with practice. You 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 start paying more attention to your dreams, and especially when you wake up. The, the first thing you have to do is keep your mind clear and just try to allow those memories to come back to you. Think about what you were dreaming about, what you, you know, what memories you have of what occurred during the night. Now, studies have shown that within 10 minutes of waking up, that about 90% of your dream memories are inaccessible. They are in mm-hmm. there, you know, you haven't forgotten them. It's just that you can't access them. So what I found, though, is, is that within the first couple of minutes, really the first 30 seconds to minute, if I wake up and there is something else that immediately demands my attention, my mind goes in a different direction, then whatever I was dreaming about is probably going to be lost or it's going to become fragmentary. I might get little bits and pieces of it, but I'm not really going to get the entire narrative. But if I wake right. up, keep my mind clear, as you mentioned, stay in your sleep position. This is a physical cue that helps to jog your memory. So you, whatever position you woke up in, when, you know, when, well, of course, when you woke up, but whatever position that you were in, you know, just reach over, grab your notebook, your pen, and just start thinking. It's good to stay calm and keep your mind clear, maybe breathe deeply, and then, you know, those memories are going to start coming back. Now, it doesn't happen the first time for everyone or the second time. There's some people who are naturals at it, and there's some people who have a lot of difficulty with it. I give a lot of tips for how to, you know, jog the memory, being prepared, you know, having that pen and paper nearby. Um, telling yourself before you go to bed, hey, I'm about to dream. I want to remember my dream. Let me focus my mind on this so that it's the first thing in your mind when you wake up in the morning. Now, some other studies have shown that the difference between what they call high recallers, people who remember a lot of dreams, and low recallers, people who don't remember very many, is that they, the high recallers tend to wake up more during the night. 
And this happens to me. I'll, I'll wake up briefly, you know, maybe only for 30 seconds or a minute. But the first mm-hmm. thing I think about is what was I dreaming? So I'll go over that in my mind. And so when I wake up in the morning, some of those dreams that happened when I was in, say, hour three or hour four of sleep, you know, now I'm waking up and it's, you know, seven or eight hours later and I can remember what was going on when I woke up in the middle of the night. So if you have real trouble remembering your dreams, it can help to set an alarm after about, you know, about four hours if you don't naturally wake up, that is. And, you know, alarm, it will jog you awake, hopefully something soothing, not real jarring, you know. But it, it'll help to wake you up, remember your dreams, go back to sleep. You don't have to, like, write down the whole thing in the middle of the night. Oftentimes, just a few keywords will help to jog your memory in the morning. Um, those mm-hmm. are really the most important things for remembering your dreams. Give it some practice. your mind clear. Stay in your sleep position. Be prepared with the pen and paper and suggesting to yourself before you go to sleep that you want to remember your dreams. And, you know, if there's other things involved, like sometimes sleep medications or alcohol, you know, those will mess with your, you know, with your dream cycle, your sleep cycles, which will mess with your dreams. Here's one other quick thing to know. You will dream for approximately, if you sleep for eight hours, you're going to spend about two hours of that time in REM sleep. Now, you can dream during other phases of sleep, but they tend not to be memorable. But if you try to remember two hours worth of dreams in the morning, boy, you're going to have a, you know, you're going to be filling up your notebook real fast. But here's yeah. the key. If it sticks out to you, if it was emotional, if the dream had a narrative, if it was memorable, those are the dreams that have meaning. Not all dreams have meaning. So the ones to focus on are the ones that affect you the most, the ones that stir you up, the ones that stick out, the ones that are the most memorable. Those are the dreams to focus on because they're the most likely to be meaningful. Right. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I learned that the, the, the trick of staying in position, um, and that helped me so much uh, when I was uh, trying to remember my my dream last night uh, when I woke up in the morning. It just really, it really nailed it for me. So, uh, you know, thank you for that. Um, oh, sure, yeah. You know, in, in just a quick note, if you do have to get up and, say, use the bathroom or something, that's okay. You know, get up, use the bathroom, go back to bed, and get back into that sleep position. It'll really help you to jog the memory and remember your dreams. Okay. Let's talk about then... Um, once you've got some practice in there and you know how to kind of uh, jot things down, um, how, what are some basic steps to, uh, to uh, interpreting them? You know, the first thing is I have a three-step method for it. It's identifying, basically it's identifying the symbolism. You break down the dream into its, Uh, components and elements. Every story has a setting, it has characters or a character, and most likely it has some kind of symbolism in it. Well, that idea works for dreams too because they are stories. Now, also, if you look at uh, a narrative, it's going to have action, reaction. You're going to react in some kind of way to the action that's happening. And then there's a resolution to it. A story that doesn't have a resolution is probably going to be 
an unpopular story. You know, if you ever do any uh, uh, fiction writing or writing for television and stuff, they'll always tell you that there uh, you have to have a narrative arc. You've got to complete the story. There's got to be something that the character learned in the end from this action that they've gone through. So you break it down and look at those individual parts and analyze them for symbolism. And then you start building up the interpretation by comparing what happened in the dream and the symbolism that you've identified, and you look for things in your life that compare to it. Dreams love to make comparisons. This is the main way that they communicate to you. They say that one thing is like another. And so you start looking for that, and oftentimes you can make those connections either through association, which is a technique of just you know, you had a detective in your dream. Okay, well, what do you associate with detectives? Well, detectives are people who uncover the truth. Well, what kind of truth are you trying to find out about yourself or something that's going on in your life? Um, so you also could have other things where you go, well, detectives are involved, like uh, they spend a lot of time bored on surveillance, you know? So you go, well, okay, is there something in my life that says, you know, maybe I'm I'm bored with something because it's just the same old routine. Most likely there will be something else in the dream that will help you to identify that. You know, you're playing a detective role in the dream and you're just sitting in the car watching some front door and nothing is happening. Okay, well, now you have an idea that maybe this is related to boredom. But if you are on the trail of some criminal you know, and you're following them from scene to scene, trying to hunt them down, or you're secretly following that someone and you're observing what they're doing, well, now you have an idea that maybe you're trying to get to the truth of something, or you've maybe heard a secret from someone, you know, because detectives often know information that other people don't have. So once you have that, you have your personal associations with the dream content, you also look at your feelings. Because oftentimes you can interpret a dream simply by connecting the how you felt in the dream with what's been going on recently in your life. Now, there are a few facts about dreams that can really help with this process. Usually dreams are related to what's happened in the last day, maybe two days of your life. You don't really have to look back any further than that. I mean, even if you dream about, let's say, your childhood home, and you dream about, you know, something that happened there. And this was years ago. Well, there is something in the present that has triggered that memory. There is something that's relevant to your present life that is connected with the past. Maybe something, a habit or a pattern in your life started back then when, in your childhood home. So even if you dream about the past, it connects with the present. Another possibility is, is that you're dreaming about something in anticipation of what's happening the next day. There's something that's important coming up or something that you know that's coming up the next day in your life, and your dreams are sort of going over things, helping you to prepare for that. Once you know that you can um, analyze a dream based off of the few facts, you know, you break it down into symbolism you use associations, you analyze your feelings, you think about what's been going on in your life. There's a few other things that can help you to whittle down the possibilities. You know, with dream interpretation, you throw a lot at the wall and see what sticks. You 
generate a lot of uh, you generate ideas first, and then look for things that resonate with you. Because here's the real kicker, Robert. And this little piece of information helps people sometimes when I tell them this, and they go, "Oh!" And you just see the light bulb go off over their head. You already know what the dream means. I mean, it wasn't beamed into your head. The aliens didn't say, hey, I'm going to give you this dream and let you ponder it and try to figure it out. It wasn't someone else who created the dream. That's the point of what I'm saying. You created the dream, but it comes from another side of your mind that's called the unconscious mind. You already know what it means, and you already know what the symbolism of the dream means. You are the author of the story. It's just that your dreams, they want to give you information or help you to see things in a way that you don't already know. They don't like to just sort of rehash something that you already know. They're going to point things out to you that, you know, help you see things in a little different way. It can be information that you're totally blind to, you know. It could be something that you've either repressed or it can be subconscious clues that you've picked up, you know, like... uh, Let's say you dream about someone stabbing you in the back and you turn around and it's your best friend. And you go, well, why is my best friend stabbing me in the back? Well, maybe your best friend's been messing around with your girlfriend. And maybe some subtle clue about the two ways those two have been acting, something very subtle that you picked up, you know, but you didn't really process it. It was sort of picked up subconsciously. And there are times that your dreams can give you this information. It's showing you things that either you don't know or that you are sort of semi-aware of or you haven't really thought it through. Sometimes it's just simply giving you a different way of looking at something that helps to expand your mind and your understanding of what's happening with yourself in your life. You know, uh, when you talk to some of these great teachers, you know, spiritual teachers and such, there were really any, they're going to, instead of give you lectures, they're going to tell you stories, you know, and, and the Bible, Jesus was asked all these, you know, difficult questions, and oftentimes he replied in parables. It was these little stories, and for people who are looking for lectures or literal answers or something they can use in court, well, they're not going to be able to use a parable for that, you know, but for an audience, they tend to gain more from that. So think of it the same way. The dream is telling you a story that's trying to help to expand your understanding of something. Yeah, I think that's a, a great description. I think you're 100% right. You know, it's interesting having uh, you know done my own study and then reading your book and then putting some of these things into practice. I actually, the dream I had last night, um, I said, oh, I figured out. I know what this means, but let me run it by JM today on the show and see if we, you know, see if it matched up. But, you know, to your point where you already know the answer, I think at this point, and it took some practice, I had the dream. I'm like, I know why I had that dream, and I know what it means. And it actually was about uh, some memories that I had repressed, and I had thought about things. I thought I had one opinion of some things that happened in the past, but actually the dream helped me look at it in a different way to say, you know what, it wasn't exactly what you thought, uh, and it was different, and here's why you're in a better place now. And I guess that's part of the process. So I, I maybe I maybe I learned a lot from your book and from my own okay, my own practice. But, yeah. Well, so yeah, let's, let's talk let's about try, your dream as a way. Yeah. Let's get one, into that. Please. Okay. Uh, let me read this one for you. Uh, okay. 
uh, I dreamt, well, this was last night. I was in a, I used to work at an ad agency back in the 90s. I worked at a few of them. And uh, one of them was like my favorite job. Everything seemed to go well. And I left on my own and I got another job and I was miserable. And then it turned out to be a good thing for me. But I dreamt I was at the agency that I always missed. And I even had tried to go back there and uh, they had moved on. And I was like, gee, you know what? I Did I make a mistake? This is a memory I just really, I really always wondered, like, why didn't I stay? But I had this dream last night and it clarified it for me. It was like I was at the agency I worked at and it was my favorite job. And I left, uh, actually I had realized at the reason I left, I didn't see a place for me to move up. I enjoyed the work, but there was a gap in the fulfillment. And I only got that kind of that remembrance out of my dream last night. But I thought that advancement was based on how much an employee with Brown knows the, the person who owned the, owned the agency. And he was a good guy, but he could be affected by flattery. So I found myself in, a, in, a, in the agency, but it was a different office environment. It was one floor where in the reality it was two floors. Uh, it was dark and woody, and in real life it has, was bright and white. And, and now it was a big rectangle, and it had offices along the walls and then some desks also along the walls. And I noticed that the employees that I saw there were the ones who that I considered the boss's favorites. And uh, instead of working in my own office, I found myself, I had a modest desk towards the back uh, on the side. I walked around and met a few supposedly new employees. And these were some guys who seemed really full of themselves. And I thought like, wow, this agency is changing. I decided to approach my boss and ask him for an office with a door, like a real office that someone of my position would usually have. I remember his wife was standing nearby, and she was kind of a powerful person, even so she never showed up at the agency. When I entered the office, my boss had a, a brand-new tattoo on his right cheek, and it was weird because there was sewing thread hanging from it, and it looked ridiculous, but I told him that it looked good, and I asked him about the office situation since there was an open office kind of across the hall from him. But he said, no, that was, uh, it was, he was saving it for one of the new guys he just hired. And I, I felt dejected, and I told him that, you know what, I really want to do more for the agency. And he shook his head and basically said, I, I don't know about that. So I returned to my desk, and I was kind of, uh, you know, a little bit sad. But now the agency was getting ready for a party, and people began streaming into the space. And soon there was a crush of people, more and more people entering, all moving in the same direction, all kind of like cool people who gravitated towards this agency because it had a real cool factor. And there was so many people coming in, there was no room, but there was like a crush of people pushing up against the wall. And then it was an overflow and everything was uncomfortably crowded and people like were right in my face and everybody was squashed together, crushed together, standing face to face. And then I awoke. So yeah, you want me to tell you what I think? Do you want me to tell you what I thought of it, or do uh, should you tell me what what it, what it meant? <laughs> well, Robert, you are the one who really knows what it means. What I would like to do is give you some thoughts on the different okay. pieces of symbolism that I see in there, and then I will um, I'll let you you know kind of pick up and and tell your listeners what the dream really means. So okay. the first thing that really sticks out to me is you're going back into the past. You're, this is a place where you worked a long time ago. And so somehow that connects with what's going on in the present. And I think that the final scene of the dream is what is going to reveal what that is, that connection to the present for you. We'll get to that in just a second. So you give a detail 
for one, the office is different than it that it usually you know instead of being two floors, it's one floor instead of being you know bright and and open it or sunny it's um you know it's it's kind of dark with the wood panels and the you know the rectangular shape and then you are given a desk that is uh back and off to the side. You know, I look at that, and I think that it might reflect your feelings about how you were treated at the agency instead of being playing kind of a central role that you were kind of shuffled off to the side. Um, or at least that the work wasn't um, – perhaps it didn't really utilize all of your talents, which could be in part because the agency wasn't recognizing that you had those talents. So you ask for the office from – your boss, and, and you want to be across the um, the hall from him, um, but he's his wife is nearby, and what that scene seems to say is is that he was she was either the one kind of behind the scenes making the decisions, or that that type of person had a strong influence on him because the scene with the uh, thread that's sticking out of his cheek, what that reminded me is the kind of man who is still kind of a mama's boy because what does mom do? She grabs you, you know, not your mom, but the general, you know, the, 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 the image is, is that mom, you know, grabs her little boy by the cheeks and pinches him. So, and also mm-hmm. threat is associated with that. Now there are other things that you can interpret with threat, like a thread is an idea that connects other ideas together. But what I saw in that was a maternal image and it seems to me that you have a perception of your old employer that he was a mama's boy in the sense that he was being kind of easily influenced by, you know, some of the women in the office maybe because you notice Mm -hmm. that, you know, that that seems to be a theme in the dream. Now, um, he... You say that he tells you that one of the new guys he hired is the one who's going to get the office that you want. I'm not sure about that one, but I have a feeling that's the detail that's going to put together the dream. Let me go ahead and just finish real quick, and we'll let you tell your listeners what it really means. Now, you say you return to your desk, and they were getting ready for a party. All these people come streaming in. It becomes crowded. They're all moving the same direction. When I read that part, I went, wow. What that tells me is is that everybody's going the same direction, meaning that it's kind of like the road less traveled or the road more traveled. You know, that there will be people who will do things the same way, people who will uh, try to not stick out of the crowd, people who kind of go with the herd. That's kind of what I'm seeing there. But the other thing is is that it gets crowded, and it seems almost like that's a scene saying that um, it's almost like you're being crowded out of that scene, that it's um, like almost like too many people doing the same thing. Um, so those were the ideas that I generated based off of what you, you know, from your description of the dream. Why don't you tell us what you get from it? Well, you're, I tell you, I got to tell you, JM, you're, you're right on. That's exactly, uh, you know, I, I always look back saying that was my favorite job. But then because I'm doing some new things and I have some different career opportunities that have come up, um, I, 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 I think my subconscious was telling me, you know, that wasn't your your best is, is yet to come. And here's why what you thought was such a great job, why there was an underlying unhappiness there and why you actually left. 
and that was because uh, I ran the biggest account and we uh, we did great work, but um, my boss was never pleased because we didn't make enough money on the account. It was because of a deal he made with the client where he got a very small commission, and uh, uh-huh. but he always complained. He always complained about it. So I was, uh, you know, just like the considered the custodian of the of the account instead of somebody who was really bringing a lot of eyeballs to the agency's creative creative product. And I felt uh-huh. that there was a lot of people there who really didn't add too much, but would just kind of sucked up to him that they were the ones who were kind of his favorites and would be in there for the long haul. And eventually I picked up and left. And the dream told me, well, this is why. And uh, the symbolism at the end with everybody coming back into the agency, uh, you know, for the party, that seemed to me like that herd, the same type of people come in there. And I kind of pushed, got pushed out or squeezed out because I really didn't fit into that, even though I thought I was so happy there. So that's yeah. kind of how I saw it. So I think we're pretty much in sync. And it was great because usually I can't figure out my, my dreams that well. But this time, it was like, wow, I think I got this. And, I, and it was a great message. And it was a great message going forward because uh, I wasn't sure what this meant. And now I figured out how to uh, interpret something. So uh, thank you. <laughs> sure, yeah. You know, I can hear the stampede going to Amazon right now of all the listeners who are uh, wanting to get a copy of my book because they go, hey, I hope this, so. yeah. you know, this can really teach you how to, to interpret your dreams. Absolutely. Now, I joke it's about true. that. <laughs> uh, Absolutely. But I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you in relation to that, how does it connect to your life now? Like, what does this dream well, do for you? Uh, well, it really helps me uh, release, let go of something. Like I was holding on to something that I thought, well, this is when I was the happiest and this was my greatest job and all of that. And the dream told me, no, that's not true. You were, you had happiness there, but you, you also had uh, unhappiness there. And there's a reason why you left because I remember all of a sudden I had taken another job and I'm like, why did I do that? Well, now I was reminded why why I made those decisions and actually why right now that's that's turned out to be a good thing because I think what I'm going to be doing uh, in the near future is going to be the best job I ever had. And this has been something I've been really leading up to. And uh, it's not healthy to dwell in the past that you really have to let things go, the good and the bad. You have to let them go and be present. And I think that was the message to me that, you know, it's, it's uh, there's a lot of things that we carry around, and it's very important, I think, for all of us to learn how to release things from the past and be and live in the present. You know, and I see the same thing. I what I guessed was was that you'd maybe had some second thoughts recently, or something had happened that remind was trying to remind you of the reasons why you made the decisions that you did, and what you learned from it, and how it informs and improves your life now. So, yeah, awesome dream. Hey, um, I wanted to send a word out to somebody who's listening to us right now, Snow Owl, to go ahead and call in. This is someone from Reddit Dreams who had a very powerful dream that I think will be a great one for your audience to listen to. So he'll be uh, coming on, you know, he'll probably be calling in here in just a moment. Okay. And uh, I'm hoping that we get a chance to talk with him. All right. Um, 347. Yeah, and... Three four three four seven nine four five five eight three four. Three four seven nine four five five eight three four. So in the meantime, so, I had one that, you know, knowing you, Robert, and, and knowing what you write about and the things that are important to you, 
Um, I had a dream that came up recently at Reddit Dreams that I helped to interpret, and uh, I thought that we could uh, talk about it real quick while we're waiting for Snow Owl to call. Sure, absolutely. Good. Okay. Yeah, bring it. So, you know, a very as a dream interpreter, you know, and I do a lot of media interviews, one of the things that everyone wants to know about is sex dreams. Everyone has them, basically. And, sure. of course, you know, it kind of titillates a little bit, and people go, well, what does this mean? Now, the thing about dreams is, is that they're often symbolism for something else, and sex included. You know, I mean, on the face of it, sometimes a sex dream can express the need for that sort of outlet uh, or that there's some kind of um, either lack of it or needing variety. I mean, it can directly address issues related to your sex life. But what I've often found is is that sex is used as an analogy or a comparison to something else in your life. And the way that you analyze something like that is you begin with the idea of something that excites you or pleasures you or involves intimacy with another person. So, for Mm -hmm. example, a student has a dream that she has sex with her professor. It's the best night of her life, the sex is great. The professor is a lot older than her. She has absolutely no physical attraction to the man in real life. And she goes, well, why did I have a dream about sex with him? You know, is it saying that I have some kind of secret desire for him? Well, no, you know. What it really means is is that he turns her on intellectually. He is planting a seed in her of knowledge. He's making her interested in the subject, you know. You speak with her about how she feels about the professor in the class, and she goes, yeah, he's great. You know, he really explains the subject well, and he, you know, he's made me see this subject in a new light. You know, I thought it was kind of boring before, but this guy made it really exciting. And you'll hear these adjectives being used, like turned me on, excited me, Mm -hmm. you know. And these are words that are also used in relation to, you know, sex and sex life. So you put the two ideas together. So here was the dream that was from Reddit Dream, is the... The guy, he's a 25-year-old male. Is this uh, uh, Snow Owl? No, no, Snow Owl's dream, he's okay. going to come here in just a second. This was a different okay. one that I just wanted to go over real quick. Okay. Um, okay, so he is on his lunch hour. He wants to see the girl, someone he does not know in real life. Um, he, she is at an apartment, and she is with another sex partner at the time. He goes into the bedroom, sees them both there. She kisses the guy, and he leaves the apartment. Then he seduces her right there and then. So then there's these other things where he says that he looks at the guy's library and he sees some good books and the dreamer drops his glasses and they break on the floor. So then the dream goes on and he there's a few other details, but I wanted to do pick up right there is mm-hmm. the idea in here is, is that sex is being used as a comparison to something else. So I start asking, well, what could it compare to? Well, there's a clue in the dream. The books. He sees this guy's books, and he's he's like, hey, this guy has some great books. I think I'm going to read some of them. So he starts perusing, you know, through the books in the dream. I thought, well, is that related to a subject that he's learning about that's really exciting him? Is there, you know, something along those lines? It's something related to books and literature. So it turns out that the dreamer had just started a creative writing the night before he had the dream, and it was something that really turned him on. 
so the creative writing is what was going on in his life that connects with the dream. And he's showing in the dream that there's a sort of a boldness that he has acting in the dream. Because one of the things he said to me is this, that the scenario in the dream is not something that he was ever able to do in his life. He wasn't a seducer. He wasn't the kind of guy who could just walk up to a woman and be like, hey, baby, you know, go to bed with me. Mm-hmm. But in the dream, he's acting very boldly. And we connected that idea with being bold in his writing, you know, being bold in the way that he approaches this, you know, this subject, and also in the way that it makes him feel, you know, that creative writing is bringing something out of him that makes him feel more powerful. And uh, so, yeah, anyway, that's, uh, uh, the glasses also have the item for reading. And here he is, he's writing, he's writing stories, and the glasses fall off and they break, which... I'm not sure exactly how that symbolism fits into the overall story, but we did connect it back to creative writing. So in this case, sex equals creative writing. Isn't that a fascinating <laughs> connection? It is, it is connected. <laughs> it is connected. Well, so let's. Uh, I do have some other dreams, but on. if we have Snow Owl on the line, let's go ahead. Yeah, we and got get Snow him, Owl, uh, and, and I have one that somebody sent in, and they asked me if I could read it for you. So let's do those two. Let's start with Snow Owl. Hello, okay, you're on Guys so, Guys Radio. Who's this? Hello. Hello. Hi, you're on Guys Hello? Guys Radio. Who who am I speaking to? Can you hear us? Yes, this is Hello. Snow Owl. Hey, Snow yeah. Owl, Hello. how are you? This is Robert, and uh, we've got JM on here. We heard you had a really cool dream you want to share with us. Um. Yeah, I want to say uh, the dream had its ups and downs with it. So let's just begin. So the dream okay. starts with uh, me and a new friend, right? Uh, the friend's treating me to like you know this uh, new online game, and because of him, uh, he gets me some cool stuff and all. But uh, later on in the dream, he will actually uh, use that against me. Um, So next scene in the dream, I'm in a car with him. I'm sitting in the back, and he's bringing this, you know, uh, underage, intoxicated girl with him. And he tells me that, uh, you know, he did some things to the girl, like uh, intoxicated her, and he's going to take her back to his place. And at first, I was like, oh, okay, nothing's wrong. But then, like, it all starts to kick in, like, within, like, seconds. I'm like, oh, shit. So the brother comes up. And this is before I see the red flags. So he comes up and he says, hey, I want to take her home. She looks out of it, you know. I want to take her home and take care of her. And the guy actually winds up walking away, leaving the girl in the car with, you know, the other guy. Because I'm being silent. I'm dormant. But after I see the red flags, I get up. And I escort the girl out of the car and over to her brother. Her brother's in a strange vehicle that I think has some symbolism to it. It was like half truck, half bus. Like it had the front of an 18-wheeler, but it was fused to the back of what looked like a city bus. As I get her into the bus, uh, so she and her brother are riding in the two front seats, the guy confronts me and he says, Dude, what are you doing? I've given you all these things and you backstab me. You betray me. So... We go through like a little physical fight, and it escalates to a point where I grab his wrist. I'm about to flip him, but he pulls a gun on me with his other arm. So I'm able to tell him to calm down, put the gun away, we'll talk it out. And the dream ends with me not being able to convince the man what he was about to do is wrong, and I had to stop it. So at least I accomplished you know, getting the girl into the truck bus with her brother you know, off to safety. And that pretty much is where the dream ends. 
So, Robert, I wanted to pick okay. up with this to give it yeah. as an example oh. of how your reactions and dreams can say a lot about the symbolism and a lot about yourself. Because the reaction, sometimes you react to things in a way in a dream that seems like it's really out of character for you. But in Snow Owl's case, I think the dream is saying that he has really learned some things lately and the dream is testing him. Now, have you ever experienced, Robert, where you you have something that you learn, especially when it's related to your morals, your ethics, your ideals, and immediately you're challenged on it? Something is going to come sure. along and say, well, do you really feel that way? You know, if anybody exactly. out there has watched the series Better Call Saul and saw the, um, the, the series finale recently, um, I won't give it away for you, but the character is trying to change from being Slippin' Jimmy, the bad guy who's taking advantage of people. He gets his life together, and then he's challenged on these changes that he's made for himself. He's trying to do the right thing, but then these other things come along, and it tries to take him back to being the old person that he was. Now, <clears throat> the dream isn't saying that Snow Owl would allow a girl who had been roofied, you know, or was in, you know, very intoxicated and there's some guy who's going to take advantage of her. It's what it's doing is it's presenting a scenario here to him saying, "All right, well, have you really made these changes in yourself? Are you really going to stand up and do the right thing?" Let me present a situation to you that is almost like a simulation. It says, okay, have you learned it or have you not? And so he, at first, is almost tempted to sort of let things go by. You know, this is somebody in the dream who's presented as a friend. The guy's done favors for him, you know, and he's like, well, you know, it, it might be the kind of thing where, you don't speak up under a situation because you don't want to spoil a friendship or you feel like you're obligated to someone. And instead, he stands up and he does the right thing. In the dream, he gets the girl's brother, you know, gets the girl out of the car and gets her over to her brother so that she's safe. And what that dream is doing is it's showing that he has really learned the lesson and that now he's passed the test and it shows that it's really part of him. The way that I described it is it's tempering the steel. It's, it, he has made these decisions for himself. He's been through a lot of personal changes, and now the steel is tempered so that when the situation comes up in his waking life where he needs to do the right thing, despite the fact that it's uncomfortable, despite the fact that it might you know, cause a rift between him and a friend, if he needs to do the right thing, it is now part of him. It's really become part of his character. So I thought that that Snow was Owl? a really fascinating example. Yep. What do you think, Snow Owl? I definitely think he's right on. Um, honestly, I'm pretty much scared of my hesitation because, you know, at first I hesitated because, you know, I do have a sense of loyalty to some friends, but I am happy with the ending that I got, you know, the girl to safety. Um, I guess the only other other note I would criticize myself on was the inability to convince another person that, you know, he is wrong. But some people, you know, can't be convinced. Yeah, you can't necessarily change the person who is doing something that's wrong. You can't convince them that it is wrong, but you can take steps to help to prevent the damage that they could do from being done. You're standing up and doing what's right. 
under, you know, when the circumstances arise. And even though there's a little bit of hesitation, I think that's just simply a reference to the past, that there might have been the old snow owl might have hesitated under that situation or might have said nothing at all, you know. And again, this is just a simulation. It's not saying that necessarily under those exact same circumstances in real life, you know, that he would have just allowed the girl to be taken away, but he would have hesitated. But now he has a stronger sense of right and wrong, or at least that he is going to stand up for what's right. He has a stronger sense of that. And when these situations arise in his life from here forward, there won't be the same hesitation. He's going to stand up. He's going to do what's right. And he's going to remember that dream, or at least the lesson that he learned from Sounds good. Yes. Noel, you cool? Yes, I'm cool. Thank you. All right. Well, thanks so much hey, for I'll calling in and listening to the show. All right? Be well. Thank you. I'll thanks. continue to listen. Thanks. Okay. Uh, okay. Uh, I have another one for you, J.M. Um, yeah. Okay. A uh, young lady was kind enough to write this one down. This is Uni from New York. Um, and she says, a common theme in my dreams is food. Often I am in a public place, like a shop or eatery, where I am in a position to look for food to satisfy my palate. I often struggle to find a food that will satisfy my desire. Often the foods that I see are cakes or dessert foods that are highly indulgent, and I am usually interrupted by an event that prevents me from eating any of it. I am also usually with a group of people, usually en route to somewhere. My most recent dream centers on my experience in a school cafeteria, a place we can choose to eat as many dishes as we want, and there are no restrictions on how much we can eat. There are many students on various lines at different counters. Uh, I see counters offering Thai noodle dishes, another has a chocolate fountain and various chocolate dishes, and others that offer more food choices like fried fish and roasted root vegetables, etc., I go from counter to counter looking at the dishes of food and analyze what is being offered. I investigate how each food is prepared, its ingredients, how it might taste. I weigh the pros and cons of eating each food. I feel pressured that time is running out and I have to go to my next obligation, a class on ecology or some environmental issue. The group of students I am with appears to be quite serious and studious, but they also seem to desire to go on some risky exploration of unexplored areas in the natural parks that surround the school. It seems exciting but also unsafe because it is going outside the fenced areas designated by the school. I'm torn by the difficulty of deciding what to do. Should I eat? But what should I eat? Should I go outside on an adventure through the natural parks that offer stunning views and an interesting flora to look at, even though I know it's risky to go off the map and skip my class? Or should I go to my next class? I feel time is rushing by and I don't know what to do. I stand feeling unsettled in this large cafeteria with open windows that look out onto mountains and nature while students bustle around counters filled with various foods. I wake up before I decide what to do. And just as a context, this uh, uni is a teacher uh, and uh, she's very uh, environmentally and food conscious in terms of eating organically and all of that, just for just for okay. some context. Yeah. Okay. So you see a few things going on here. The the first thing when she's, you know, the she's making food choices and a lot of thoughts that are related to that. Now, a dream can speak directly about something going on in your life or some area of it. And, you know, food choices is definitely an important area. 
So you look at that and you go, well, is the dream talking uh, to her about the few choices that she makes? Because she's presented with some pretty, you know, uh, stark choices here. You know, do I have the rich chocolate cake or do I eat the, um, you know, the vegetables and the, you know, I think there were Thai food and stuff like that, you know? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. A chocolate fountain. I mean, you know, <laughs> talk about <laughs> temptation there, you know. It's very, you know. So you could look at it on on one level as being about food choices. And that's what I was thinking as I was first reading her description. And I'm going, that really does seem to be what it's about. But then you get a little bit later into the dream and you start to see some other clues that maybe food is related to the idea of consumption. Now, you, I, dreams like to make comparisons, and one of the things that it can compare is what you consume food-wise with what you consume mentally, spiritually, intellectually, emotionally. You make choices mm-hmm. all the time about what you decide to consume. You know, when I read a book, I am consuming the information. When I watch a television show, I am consuming the media. We use these right. words, in fact, with, yeah. you know, things like, you know, consuming media. That's a way that it's described because it does it does give a the idea just watching it. It is affecting you. It is going into you, and it is becoming part of you. So the things that you decide to consume, they become part of you. And so if you use that idea, you know, have that idea in mind and then look at what starts happening later in the dream. She says she's weighing the pros and cons of each of the food. She feels pressured that time is running out and I have to go to my next obligation. That could be something like, hey, you know, I could read a book tonight, but I'm, you know, I'm tired after teaching class all day and I'm just going to turn on the tube and watch Modern Family or some stupid mm-hmm. sitcom or something, you know. Sometimes you, you know, you've got to give some more thought to deciding, you know, and it, the easy choices are right there. You know, the chocolate cake is in the box on your counter, or you can spend an hour dicing up some vegetables and making a good meal for yourself. That same idea relates to the things that you consume personally. Sometimes it takes more effort to consume things that are of a higher quality, not just foods, but you know, the other things that we're talking about that could be consumed. Now, I think also the part that really started to clue me in is the students want to go on some risky unexpe- risky exploration of unexplored areas. And the first thing I thought was, what about her life and herself or what subject it seems risky and is unexplored for her? What the dream is almost saying that there is something out there that for her that could be really fulfilling for her if she would allow herself, if she would take the risk to go there, you know, if she would sort of break out of the box and decide that she's going to go off in a direction that she wouldn't have considered otherwise. It's something risky, but it's also unexplored. She also says that it's unsafe. And look at the next part, fenced areas designated by the school. Doesn't that remind you that schools say, well, you can study a subject within these certain parameters, but you can't go any further than that. 
you know, I've run across that in a lot of Christian churches. I had the Jehovah's Witnesses here the other day and trying to, you know, kind of convince me on something that, in the sense of selling me on their religion. And they are very much like they, they know their Bible back and forth, but they won't consider any other interpretation of it than what they have been taught by their church. You know, and I mentioned, you know, the reincarnation and, oh, you should have seen, you know, oh, the Bible says that, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, wasn't John the Baptist identified by Jesus as Elijah reborn? You know, well, well, that's just a metaphor. I'm like, I don't know. Maybe he's telling the truth here as he sees it. Maybe John the Baptist was Elijah reborn, you know, or reincarnated. But people will stay within a box that's been taught to them, you know, so the school is sort of an authority. And what it starts to tell me when you look at the big picture of this dream is, is that the dreamer is staying within the fences that have been defined for her by someone else, but she's looking at her students and she's seeing the sort of intellectual daring and freedom that they have. You know, when you're of a certain age, you question everything. You want to go outside of the box. You want to roam past the fences. But then you spend so many years being sort of indoctrinated into the system, and you find that you're the one who's now constructing those fences and keeping other younger people's minds within those fences. So there could be another message to it related to her interactions with her students. But my sense of it is it begins inside of the dreamer herself and that she has to be willing to go there. She has to be willing to go beyond the fences. And look how tempting it is in the dream, you know. She's torn by the difficulty of deciding what to do. You know, should she go outside on an adventure through the natural parks that offer stunning views, you know, even though I think it's risky? Or should she just go to her next class? I feel time rushing by. I don't know what to do. So to mm -hmm. me, it looks like she's being really presented with a, a question here is go outside of the usual boundaries that she set for herself or have been set for her by, let's just say, the curriculum that has been decided by the school or the school district, you know. But it's not necessarily her students and her relation to her students I think that that's more of a metaphor or a symbol for part of herself that still has a sense of being willing to go outside of the bounds. So that's 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 my take on it. Knowing uh, Uni, I think that that's right on JM, and I'll, and she's listening to the broadcast, so I'll I'll check in with her later. But uh, that was well, spectacular. Hey, so post on you. your Facebook page and give me some feedback. I would love to know, you know, what she okay. thinks of you know. And, uh, you know, I'd you love to it. engage with her on Facebook or something like that, or maybe we can talk more about it. Okay. No, that was, that's spectacular. Um, let's, uh, let's wrap up, because we've had you on here uh, for an hour, and I could go on and on and on, but maybe we can get, get, get you back again, because I'd love to, you know, maybe do a whole show on sex dreams, because so many people have them, <laughs> and they, they, they yeah. don't know exactly, you know, I don't think they, as you described, uh, sometimes the sex is not exactly the type of sex we, we think of from a carnal standpoint, and there may be a lot more symbolism in there. And uh, sometimes oh, if you have sex with a person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's and usually it, some comparison to something else. Exactly. So uh, that would be good. So maybe we can talk about that. But in the interim, let's, uh, this is Guys Guys Radio. Our guest has been J.M. DeBoard. Uh, his name of his book is Dreams uh, 123. 
Live Your Dreams. Um, remember, interpret, and live your dreams. JM, you want to talk about your social media uh, locations and where people can find you and find the book? I've seen your book sure, in the bookstore many yeah. times. Yeah, um, it's Amazon, Barnes & Noble. You know, it's been a while since it came out, so it might not be on bookshelves anymore, but there's, you know, there are copies online, A-books, places like that. Um, I have a blog about dreams at dreams123.net, and there are a lot of uh, dreams that are there that I've interpreted, and you can go over everything from, like, cheating on your spouse or on your significant other, what does it mean to dream about death, about snakes, uh, about giving birth. I mean, I cover a lot of different subjects there. Um, as you mentioned, at the opening, I'm on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash interpret dream. Um, I have a Twitter feed, which is based off of the work I do at Reddit, and it is uh, at Reddit dream. And for anyone out there that doesn't know how to spell Reddit, it's R-E-D-D-I-T. Um, I am a moderator at that dreams forum. We have over 16,000 subscribers now. Um, and wow. it is at dreams.reddit.com. I just learned recently you don't have to put all the slashes and stuff like that in. Just dreams.reddit.com. That'll take you to the Reddit forum, you know, the Dreams forum. And um, I'm Radow, R-A-D-O-W-L. And uh, you know, I spend a lot of time there helping people to understand their dreams, under, you know, to answer questions, stuff like that. And uh, would love to have some of your listeners drop by and you know, start participating in the community and maybe sharing their dreams. One last question. So just has you, you're kind of going in a direction you're going in with the dreams. Is it what you, what you thought it would be? How is it different and uh, how fulfilling is it for you? And what's next? <laughs> well, you know, this has been I, I, a few years ago. I, I don't know if I could have really imagined myself where I am now. I had written a book, a novel, and it didn't get me an agent or a publisher or anything. And um, I was really kind of grasping for something, and the idea came to me. I describe it in the beginning of my book. I won't go into all the details of it, but basically a job that I thought was going to carry me into the future didn't work out, and I had a dream about it, and it made me realize that for one, I really understand dreams in a way and can explain it to people in a way that really breaks it down and makes it easier to understand and kind of cuts out the fluff and the jargon and all that stuff. So I sat down and uh, started writing the book. That ended up getting to an agent, Lisa Hagen, to my publisher, Hampton Rhodes. And, I mean, it really opened up a lot of doors for me. So now I'm working on a dream dictionary um, I, this is going to be part of a software that we are creating with somebody who contacted me after I was on Coast to Coast AM. The, uh, one of the listeners contacted me and he said, hey, I'm a computer programmer. I have an idea. Let's create a piece of software that can help people journal and interpret their dreams. And he'd already started on it. And I was like, great. So I'm writing all the content for that. Um, and I'm creating a workbook. I'm a, a, an instructor at a local college here in Tucson, and I teach a class on dream interpretation. And I've had to create a lot of uh, uh, learning uh, materials for that class. So uh, I decided I would take this learning material, compile it together, and create a workbook on dream interpretation. So yeah, man, a lot of uh, a lot of irons in the fire, and a lot of good things happening. And uh, you know, it's in an odd sort of way, I, I hate to sound cliched, but 
my dreams have come true. You know, I have found That's something great. that is deeply meaningful and purposeful for me and gives me a chance to influence the world at large by teaching about something that's very off the path. You know, I was on a path before to be like a marketing director somewhere, or I was working in media, and it really wasn't, I mean, you know what's happened in media in the last 20 years. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. it's been devastated yeah. by cut stuff, you know. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I was on a path for journalism for a while, working in newspaper and in television. And, you know, I've ended up doing something that's very, it's very different than where I could have imagined I was going to end up. But at the same time, I mean, it's kind of cool. Hey, I'm a dream interpreter. How many people can say that? <laughs> no, that's fantastic. So, I, you know, I love stories like that. And and you're a guy's guys also. And uh, you do great work. I love your posts on Facebook. You're really uh righteous and uh, stand up for, you know, people and people's rights. And uh, it's a pleasure knowing you and I uh, hope we can talk again. And I hope I can help promote some of your new work when it comes out. Well, your uh, your support on Facebook and other places has meant a lot to me. You've been, uh, um, you, you've been a big help and I appreciate you giving me the forum to talk to your listeners and uh, would love to come back sometime and uh, talk about dreams some more. There's, we only scratched the surface. There's a lot more we can get into. I know. Into. I know. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much, J.M. Everybody, that's our show for tonight. Our guest has been J.M. DeBoard. It's been a great show. Next week, we've actually got another author on, uh, Dean Sluter, the author of Natural Meditation. And uh, we're going to get into meditation a little bit. I I don't know how many of our listeners meditate, but uh, I've incorporated into my daily routine for about the past 10 months. And I can tell you it makes a huge difference. And it's just a couple of minutes a day. So uh, Dean's got a book about uh, natural meditation, just an effortless uh, way of getting into the practice. So I hope everybody tunes in for that. And remember, as always, that, uh, you know, better men, better world. Guys, guys, finish first.